I wanted to talk a little bit right now about Francis Schaeffer's book, How Should We Then Live? I read this for the first time two years ago, or started reading it two years ago for school. So we read through it for school um, as kind of like um, intellectual history. Um, and he also gets into art and other things. So it's kind of an interesting book um, in a lot of ways because in it's kind of written for a general audience, but then he gets into a lot of things and definitely has his own heuristic through what she's viewing Western cultural history. But I read it again last May, so May of 2020, and I wanted to talk about it now because I felt that with all the things that I've you know been learning since May, um, that'd be interesting to reflect upon. So that's what I did. I reflected upon my notes, and then I skimmed through the book um, just yesterday, no, the day before yesterday. And then I skimmed through some of the essays that I wrote at that time. So one of them, they're both on my Substack, but the one is also on warofideas.org, which is Postmodernism in a History Museum. Uh, it's like the third or fourth one down on the main feed of that website. And then the other one is an essay. It was published June 6th. You can search it on my Substack with the search bar. Critique of Antinook Philosophy and Politics, Why Modern Conservatives Are the Root Problem. And the one, this this latter one, is definitely more influenced by Schaefer than the former is, but it's it's still interesting for me to look back and read and see how much of this I agree with because Schaefer kind of has, in some ways, a different project than, I guess, what I'm looking at now. So, um, so let's let's get into it. So this will be a rather short video, hopefully, and then maybe because I'm being reminded of these things and wanting to try to remind myself of Schaefer's theory of the development of ideas in Western cultural history that maybe I'll plug it in in other places as well. But hopefully this is just mostly Schaefer's thoughts and not a lot of my opinion. Um, to understand Schaefer, you have to understand that he has this dichotomy of absolute and particular. The absolutes are up here and then the particulars are down here. And what's happening with them is that you have to have an absolute in order to give your particulars meaning. Um, that's that's an important thing for Schaefer. In order to give the particulars meaning, you have to have an absolute that's real and fixed. And this is, I'm going to talk a little bit about his um, modernism in this, but it's, it's quite interesting. So um, through the ages, basically, man has insisted on doing away with God. So in the ancient period, People didn't really have the right view of God, and that's why the Romans eventually collapsed. He has this idea of, and it's quite a sentimental idea, of a Roman bridge, and that, you know, you can drive a little Roman chariot over the little Roman bridge, but you can't drive a semi-truck over the Roman bridge. And so what happens is that your little absolutes that are created by man get more and more pressure from whatever it is that you're doing. I need to put my hands inside the camera. From whatever it is that you're you're culture your society is trying to accomplish that eventually it breaks and that you need to have an absolute which actually holds strong no matter what the pressure is and like i said gives um let's say relevance to the particulars 
He then goes into the Middle Ages. He doesn't see the Middle Ages as a golden age by any means. I think this is partly because of his uh, Protestantism, perhaps. Um, I have a little bit more positive view of the Middle Ages than Schaefer does, I would say. Well, I have a lot more positive view than Schaefer does of the Middle Ages, but that's besides the point because we're trying to talk about Schaefer, not about me. So um, out of the Middle Ages... In some ways, in the Middle Ages didn't give man his proper place. So it had the right absolute, but it kind of viewed it wrong. And so the particulars were sometimes kind of jumbled. He kind of tries to show this with their art. And then along comes the Renaissance and Renaissance humanism. And Schaefer really insists that the Renaissance were a kind of a nasty period in some ways. Uh, I don't have as negative a view of the Renaissance as Schaefer does either. I'm not as well read in these areas i don't know as much so i could just be fooling myself which is very very possible but anyway so the renaissance comes along and man tries to ground the absolutes in himself now he's partly almost able to do this because of the legacy of the middle ages however some of the renaissance thinkers towards the end of their lives or excuse me some of the renaissance thinkers towards the end of the even their the renaissance period start to see the renaissance as not being able to or that this humanistic thing not being able to actually support everything that it needs to support in the end and so then eventually having a pessimism but then comes along the reformation the reformation puts god in his proper place through using scripture sola scriptura you know the five solas pretty much line up with you know what Schaefer sees as you know this is the way things are going to be he says the reformation is no golden age he repeats that several times um he points out some problems with the reformation but for the most part the reformation is pretty solid for Schaefer's um theory of history I guess so once you have the Reformation, then you have the Scientific Revolution. And the Scientific Revolution is partly able to be enacted because the Reformation puts God in his proper place. So remember, this is very important for Schaeffer's project, this idea of the absolutes and the particulars. He doesn't always refer to it throughout the book, but this is kind of what's going on in the back of his mind or underneath the surface of the book, at least so far as I can tell, is where is the absolute, who's establishing the absolute, and what does that do to the particulars? So, um, God is the ground of science. That's basically what Schaefer declares, and he declares it very vehemently. I don't know a lot about Schaefer's thoughts on stuff. This is the only book of Schaefer's that I've read, and um, I've watched the videos. I want to go back and watch the videos as well. I have watched the last video a couple times because it's really, really good. Um, even if I disagree with what he's saying, he makes his points really, really well in that video. So hopefully I'm able to go back and watch the videos sometime. There's like um, 10 of them and they're all 30 minutes long. So that's five hours. You know, I could speed it up. So say that's two and a half hours still. That's kind of long. But Anyway, so God is the ground of science. God is the ground of this enlightenment thinking. Now, what happens in the enlightenment is man kind of forgets that God was the grounding. He kind of, and maybe I'm projecting too much onto Schaefer of my ideas, but this is what I kind of remember Schaefer saying. I'm trying to look at my notes here too. Um, so God, man kind of forgets that God is the grounding of this absolute, but they keep on using science they keep on using this science thing and so what happens is on the absolute i should have some image on the thing that shows absolute in particular so i can stop using my hands um on the absolute side man starts to think of himself as the absolute or as reason unembodied reason now schaefer sees problems with this 
idea of reason, partly because it's impersonal. And if it's impersonal, then it can't really give relevance to the particulars. And one of the other problems is that the particulars are assigning what the absolute ought to be. And um, in Nancy Piercy's book, Total Truth, which I want to read again as well, and hopefully I actually want to read that with one of my uh, meetup groups. I think that that would be beneficial for both of us that are in that group. But anyways, so they call it upper and lower stories. Um, and it's it's quite a sophisticated idea, even though it's simple, because it gives a lot of relevance to a lot of these things. So when society loses God as the absolute, then what happens is that man either puts himself there or he puts his reason there or his capacities there. This is what was kind of happening in the Enlightenment. Then man can become the absolute, basically, um, and he, you know, kind of, he's an insufficient grounding for science, he's an insufficient grounding for the particulars, he's an insufficient grounding whatsoever in any domain. Now, the Enlightenment, in Schaeffer's view, was partly able to take off because it used kind of a deistic absolute, a deistic god. Um, this is one of the reasons why he thinks that the American Revolution succeeded even though it wasn't explicitly Christian in a lot of ways, it succeeded because it saw that there was an absolute grounding to reality that was transcendent, as opposed to the French Revolution, which didn't succeed because in a lar in large part, the French Revolution saw just man and his reason or his capacities as the ability, you know, as the grounding of the absolutes. And then it wasn't able to give freedom. It wasn't able to give love. It wasn't able to give any of these, let's say, good things Fruit was not able to be born out of the French Revolution, good fruit, because there was not the proper grounding, there was not the proper absolute. Now, this is interesting because it, I, I've, I've really liked Paul Vanderclay's um, version of the two buckets, there's of God number one and God number two. And basically, in that conceptualization, what Schaefer is saying is that the Enlightenment was able to succeed to the extent that it did, and science was able to succeed to the extent that it did because it took God number one, renamed it nature, and then used that. Now, it did away with the personal aspect of God, but it didn't do away with the, um, I guess, arenic aspect of God. Now, Schaefer thinks that these two things are really tied to each other. Now, I agree with him, and he thinks that when you try to separate them, eventually you're going to collapse anyways. So, I mean, I agree with him on that, but... Moving on, um, basically the loss of the absolute, like I said, leads to the loss of the particular. So if reason is all that there is as an absolute, if you know the deistic and personal God is all that there is as an absolute, then that's a that's a grounding. But the problem with it is, is that it doesn't keep man safe. Let's say <laughs> that's kind of a weird way to put it, but it doesn't keep man from becoming part of the science. And this is this gets into. <sighs> what others have termed as the scientific lab leak hypothesis because in the lab you're studying molecules and all these or that would be chem chemistry um forces of gravity forces of nature nature forces of god you know see this is deeply embedded even into me even if i'm unconscious of it all these different um hard sciences let's say but then what happens is you put man in or I guess this idea of the science of analyzing these things 
breaks itself out of the lab and gets into man. And this is modern psychology. This is modern sociology. And I guess in, to some extent, modern anthropology, although not exactly. It depends on how you define anthro anthropology or how you're using anthropology. Even if you define it the same way as someone else does, you can still be using it in different ways. But anyways, and so basically what's happening that's real interesting is that man is becoming part of the analyzed, not just the analyzer. And the deistic God, this is not in contradiction to the deistic God. So man just basically just, you know, can just sit there and see how he is meaningless in this universe where everything can be analyzed. This is basically what Schaefer is saying. Now this gives rise to the romantics and the romantics never, you know, modernity in Schaefer's view, the enlightenment never really recovers um, because People go even from romanticism of your emotions just to non-reason whatsoever at all in search for the personal, in search for meaning. And this is where it's really interesting because Schaefer is basically detailing what a meaning crisis is. I would be interesting to have some of these people in some of these communities I'm in, somewhat involved in talking about this meaning crisis stuff. I would be interested to see what they th would think of Schaefer's ideas like this, because he's basically detailing some of the same things. Now, I haven't watched any of Awakening from the Meaning Crisis by John Verveke, but I have watched a lot of Jordan Peterson, and I have watched, watched a lot of Paul Vanderclay, and I have watched a lot of people talking about John Verveke. This kind of seems to be the same thing that's happening, because if there is no, let's say, and I know Verveke wouldn't say this, and perhaps Peterson wouldn't either, but this is what Schaefer is saying, that if there is no transcendent personal God, then there is no absolute that is actually, you know, actually gives people meaning in the end, because or else the lab leak comes out and it analyzes man in this way, and by analyzing him, it gives him meaningless nothingness. So, out of this, Schaefer says, an elite must arise, because if man cannot govern himself... And if everyone is just the causes of other things, if they're just inside the scientific worldview, let's say, and I don't exactly know what I mean when I'm saying that. I know what I mean, but I know that that could be misconstrued. But if he's not, you know, able to be, if man himself is not able to be analyzed, or he, if he is able to be analyzed and is in this closed system, then what happens is that an elite needs to arise because you still need values. And so this elite will declare itself as the ultimate in some ways. It will declare itself as being able to give I don't know what to call it, um, I guess, meaning to man, but it will in the end be tyrannical because it's not God. And so what you end up replacing is you end up replacing this reason with an elite as your absolute almost. And I'm Schaefer didn't exactly say this, but I'm trying to keep his two categories, absolute in particular, I'm trying to keep them going. So man thought he could maintain the absolute without God, using science, but science ended up eating him. That's basically Schaefer's point. Now, he gets into, you know, we're looking for meaning. So we'll look for it in occult religions. We'll look for it in psychedelics. We'll look for it in experience. We'll look for it in all these ways to try to get out of what we have been analyzed as. We believe that we're more than what the reason, than what the science, than what modernity thinks that we are. And so in the end, if we're going to reject you know, that we're part of this, um, I guess, mechanistical universe. There's the language. My bad. So, you know, the universe 
acts mechanistically like a clock. The problem is, is when you put man inside of the universe. Now, I would want to, I want to go back and read more carefully what Schaefer says about this because I would strongly disagree with him that the universe is like clockwork, that it's a that's a machine, and that you know, I definitely agree that man shouldn't be put in the machine. And I know that Schaefer says that, but I don't know if he says that the universe is a machine. And I think that that's part of where the problem lies. It's it's pre-man being inside of the machine. It's the machine as such. That's part of where the problem lies, like I said. And so what man, what happens to man is that he gets eaten up by this machine. And in order to give himself meaning, in order to reject this machine, I guess, he has to or I guess reject himself being in the machine. He rejects the machine wholesale. And what ends up happening is then you reject science and if and you reject, let's say, and I'm, I'm not using this in a demeaning way, although sometimes I do, uh, as, especially as of late, you, object, you reject objective truth, you reject an absolute truth. And why is man rejecting this absolute truth? Well, because the absolute truth in his mind, because of modernity, gives rise to basically his having to be inside of the machine. And man does really not like that. And this is kind of where some of the existentialists, existentialists come up. And what's interesting about the new elite is that, in Schaefer's view, they're both modernist and they're postmodernist. And I'm using postmodernist as this breaking free out of the machine wholesale type idea. The universe is even broken free out of the machine. And this is where you see, you know, climate change take care of the universe. Um, you know, the universe is like imbued with some spirits, you know, the spirituality stuff, trying to, you know, get rid of yourself. And this is where Nancy Piercy comes in because she was in that. She was trying to find meaning. And then Schaefer comes along and, you know, shows where the meaning can be found, basically in God, um, at least according to him. And so man is inside this mechanistic universe and then he must you know, try to break out of it. And that's where post-modernity gives rise. And the elite is kind of interesting because on one end, they're wanting to increase the mechanization of man, but they also play on his want for freedom because, and it depends on what the elite is, but really what the elite represents when I'm reading Schaefer is it represents the, I guess, you know, because Schaefer then rants on authoritarianism for a while, which I think is, I think it's doing a rather good job, but he's basically saying that, because God isn't there and because even reason isn't there because we want to be free, we want an elite there. And so basically what we're doing is we're doing what the Romans did when they made Caesar their God because, well, we can't have the Greek gods there. That's basically, you know, getting out of the machine entirely. We can't have the Plato, Plato, Plato's or Aristotle's God there because then that's putting you know, some of nature inside the machine, it just doesn't work, let's say, or maybe it's putting everything inside the machine, although I don't think that that's what it's doing. I'm just trying to draw rough analogies here. So don't try to misconstrue what I'm saying. And then, so then what do we need? Well, we need an, a personal God who is going to serve as our absolute, let's say Caesar, the God's representative on earth. And I know that that's a very, very simplistic and perhaps straw man view of the ancient's conception of these things. But I'm just trying to draw parallels here because basically what the new elite represent is a new type personal God. Now, the elite can do things how they wish, and they're supposed to help give man meaning. This is, in Schaefer's view, what is happening. And I think that it's, I mean, that's a powerful view. Okay, so 
Um, I said that I wasn't going to talk about my own thoughts, but perhaps I will. I think I basically covered all the grounds that Schaefer is talking about, except for, oh, this one. Um, he says that man really wants personal peace and affluence. That's what modern man wants. And if the elite can grant him that, then everything else will go. So that's where this modernity and post-modernity fight comes in, in the elite, because on one hand, they need modernity to produce, let's say, affluence to some extent, but they they you can't really get uh, peace from modernity all the way because people actually aren't rational. And so you have to kind of, you know, go beyond reason to try to get to peace. And it's just a huge mess. And so as long as basically people get personal peace and affluence, they want, you know, they'll be, they'll do what they're told. If they're left alone and given personal peace and affluence, in Schaefer's view, then they'll be then they'll do what they're told. And so, basically, Schaefer's main idea—oh my goodness, no! I have the sun coming in. Basically, Schaefer's main idea is that oh, I need to pause this. Sorry for the video quality now because I have all these um, deals. Those of you who are watching the video, these stripes, I guess, um, because the lines are have holes in them that's the way they're designed no i don't have holy blinds but that's the way they're designed so they do have holes anyways so basically what schaefer's trying to get at is that in the end what is your absolute and does that give meaning to your particulars and is that in effect basically is it god or is it something else and that's really what he's trying to get at and he's saying that this will not last this modernistic project this postmodern even project of non-reason will not last. And why will it not last? Well, it won't last because you don't have God in his proper place. And you need to have the Christian God because he needs to be personal in order to give man meaning. That's basically, and I know Schaefer's saying a lot of other things, but I think that that's basically his point. Basically, his point is you need God as your grounding. You need God as your absolute. And then that will give meaning to your particulars. That will give rise to all the good things that you want. But if you don't have that, then too bad for you. So I'm going to release this video before I release a video that is a commentary on an atheist and Christian conversation. But in that conversation, the Christian keeps insisting to the atheist that, you know, you need God as the grounding for your science. And the atheist keeps insisting that, no, you actually don't need God as the grounding for your science. Now, I actually agree with the Christian, but again, this is, and I'm going to lay out, I guess I'm going to talk about myself now. I'm going to lay out some of my disagreement with Schaefer because Schaefer basically, you know, you need God as the grounding for modern science, but the problem becomes that modern science isn't actually what it ought to be because it is in itself mechanistic and the universe is not mechanistic in the way that science thinks that it is. Now, it is mechanistic enough, let's say, that... and human beings are mechanistic enough. This is where I think that they're both bad because I actually think that psychology, let's say, or sociology can give us some insight into humanity, but I think that it sells itself short in the end. But anyways, it's mechanistic enough insofar as, you know, you can actually track these things, but it doesn't give you a why to the tracking. It doesn't give you a why to your technology. It doesn't give you an ultimate telos because basically what Galileo and others around that time were doing is they were saying, well, we don't need to figure out the end to our experiments. Let's just do the experiments because they work. And then this is basically what the atheist in this conversation was saying, well, it works, and so we can use it. And the Christian was saying, yeah, it works, but why does it work? And the atheist was basically saying, well, it doesn't matter why it works. But again, um, I guess, well, 
I don't know if the Christian was saying that as much as what's the grounding for it working, not why does it work or what's the end of it, but what's the grounding for that working? And I think that's what Schaefer, how Schaefer kind of sells himself short, in my opinion, because in a lot of ways, it's not that, you know, the reason why it works, that's important. And I guess what Schaefer can do for me um, through this book and Aeropagitica, you know, people live on in their souls through the books, is that he can allow me to see, I guess, some of the good things that are happening in modern, that happened in modernity and not want to give, you know, just get away from those things wholesale because I kind of have a tendency to do that right now with some, where some of my thoughts are leading me in intellectual history. Um, I know that my thoughts will change just like how I more identified with Schaefer then. Now I don't. So there'll probably be a synthesis, hopefully, and there'll constantly be this dialectic of all these things working together. So hopefully I'll never, you know, I don't think I'll ever reach a conclusion because I don't think that that's the point of these things. I think, and I'm not trying to be chapter five of C.S. Lewis's Great Divorce, so, you know, I want a place of inquiry and usefulness. I'm just trying to say that I'm not going to try to claim that I have found the end except for in Christ. But that's, a, I guess, a different topic. Um, it's not unrelated, but it's kind of a different topic. And so, anyways... So basically, you know, that's what Schaefer's saying, is that you need God as your grounding for reality. You need God as your grounding for your science. You need God as your grounding for your anything. And when you get rid of him, then the things fall apart, and then society collapses, and then you're back to your little Roman bridge where nothing holds. And he's basically saying we can't just be modernistic because we need God as the grounding of our modernity, let's say. And I think in this way, Schaefer is in some ways deeply like I said, he's deeply modernistic. And I don't mean that as an unfair critique. I just, from my remembrance of that, at least what he gave rise to me, my thoughts in and all this other thing, all these other things, is that he is deeply modernistic. And he part of his project is to, in some ways, save the fruits of modernity while showing that modernity was insufficient in that it didn't, um, I guess, allow for a space for God because it elevated man so high. Now, Again, these are powerful ideas, and but I just don't, I guess where I disagree is that I think that there are more levels to this, and that the universe is not just straightforwardly mechanistic, and that God is not um, as, you know, you can't really take a deistic God to the extent that Schaefer thinks that you can. I think that the Enlightenment was more of a failure than Schaefer probably thinks that it was. So this gives rise to a lot of questions, and this is a lot of the battles which are going on in the culture right now, is because it's basically saying, are we going to take modernity, or are we going to leave it? Because we need to move beyond what was. It obviously didn't work. And so what's really interesting is you have some, you know, institutions starting up, like, you know, I guess some of what the IDW is, is mo modern people lamenting the fall of their institutions, and these are modern, modernistic thinkers without God, for the most part. And so, like, I read the um, article in Barry Weiss's Substack that was saying, you know, about the University of Texas at Austin that they're going to create. Basically, the project of that is that we're going to be modernists without God. We're going to return to what it was, and, you know, they're not saying without God, but, well, they are. But, and then that is what we want. We don't want these this postmodern stuff. We want modernity as such. We want a free and open inquiry, all this other thing. And I think what's real interesting about it is that, you know, in the end, it's a failed project. And 
that's that's really a sad thing but that's in the end it's a failed project and why these institutions why our culture has lasted this long i agree with schaefer it's because it in the it had a grounding in god so that's the ideas of francis schaefer in a nutshell um again hopefully i'm able to use use um you know i guess do better with some of these ideas so uh thanks for watching leave a comment tell me what you think and i'll see you later